Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. We've got a lot to talk about this week, so I'll get right into it. The Buffalo Bills have clinched the AFC East Championship for the second straight year for the first time since I was in middle school, so that's a pretty cool thing. Um, They did that by beating the New York Jets on Sunday in a game that, I mean, just the defense absolutely dominated, and we'll get to all that stuff here in a second. Before we get too far in, though, I wanted to remind you, you can get your questions in for next week's episode right after the game against the New England Patriots in the wildcard round. You can send those questions to 716-508-0405. That's with a text message or a voicemail. You can tweet us at Rumlinks Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us emails Buffalo Rumlings at SBNation.com. Instagram and Facebook messages eventually make their way to me as well. So we've got a lot of different questions in this week's episode. My takeaways from the game were pretty much all about the bigger picture as opposed to just the game against the New York Jets. First of all, the Bills took the East. Um, It was pretty awesome. Uh, That's the biggest story. The Bills dominated the game, even though for a while there it felt like they weren't scoring enough points and they had those terrible punts by Matt Hawk which we will get to I promise uh, but they outsnapped the Jets 74 to 46 outgained them 414 to 53 beat them in every statistical category the Bills didn't rely on the Dolphins to beat the Patriots they went out and really took it to the New York Jets injuries were my biggest concern going into the game and the bills were able to come out of the game without anything major fa obata and emmanuel sanders are really the only two players on the injury report but they were on the injury report before week 18 and both of them missed the game against the new york jets obviously tredavious white still out on injured reserve and that's going to be the biggest injury that the bills uh, suffer all year i hope and um will go healthy down the stretch all the way to the super bowl title The defensive line really dominated this game. You saw Ed Oliver force a fumble. Uh, Harris, I mean, I don't think they actually credited him with the fumble, but he hit Zach Wilson as Wilson was trying to hand off, and the ball flew through the air towards the running back. It never hit the ground, but it definitely lost possession of it. Um, Harrison Phillips knocked down a pass. Boogie Basham had a sack. Mario Addison had a strip sack um, and another sack later in the third quarter uh, Oliver had a third down sack and then split one with Jerry Hughes in the fourth quarter 
A.J. Epinesa had a final sack. They had nine sacks in total, including two from the safeties. Um, I think Taron Johnson had one, too. But it's just the, it was a great defensive game plan by Leslie Frazier and just great execution by the Bills' defensive line. If the defensive line plays like that in the postseason, I don't know who's going to stop this Buffalo Bills team. The Jets, of course, were undermanned. They were you know, starting backups and, and all this other stuff, but still it was a, it was a really solid defensive line effort. Um, the Jets did have one big play. It was a 40-yard catch and run. Jordan Poyer uh, missed the interception on that play and went for the pick instead of the tackle. Um, on the rest of their snaps, they netted 13 yards. I mean, that's absurd. Um, they had 13 yards the rest of the day. I think they had somewhere in that neighborhood of net passing yards, 13 net passing yards or something like that too. It was just, it was an absolutely absurd day from the defense, uh, just sticking it to the Jets, who were obviously undermanned at the wide receiver position, but still pretty, uh, pretty terrible. It was really nice to see Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs get on the same page. Um, after the game, Stefan said he did not bring it up with Josh Allen, but Allen, of course, knew about Diggs and his 100-catch uh, incentive. Uh, Diggs needed six catches to get to the 100-catch mark and earn you know, a million dollars. I think it was, might be a slightly more than a million dollars. So obviously that was an important thing to get Stefan Diggs those catches, and they targeted him early and often. Um, th they kept feeding him after he got the 100 receiving catches, though, as well so you know they kept going back to him kept going back to him he was the most effective receiver uh nine catches for 81 yards and a touchdown plus more targets and almost had another touchdown if he could just get his left foot down i think it was his left foot um it was really close and um you know the one touchdown catch he did have was absolutely stellar execution between the two it's nice if those two can kind of get back on the same page heading into the postseason like they were last year my final takeaway was Hawk more like hack? It's a play on words because Matt Hawk's name is spelled H A A C K, but he did not punt very well on Sunday. Uh, he had three punts for an average of 28.3 yards in the first half and another 30 yard punt that didn't count because of a penalty. So just absolutely atrocious uh, punting from Matt Hawk. He did have one punt that went 49 yards, but it was a touchback, so it was only 29 yards net. So again, you keep adding that up, and he's under 30 yards per punt virtually all day. Um, even after that, he dropped a snap and had an eight-yard punt while running for his life. And just, I don't even know what to say about that one. It, it, you know, it hit him in the hand. He should have caught it. Um, I'm sure Reed Ferguson would say that, you know, he should have put it in a better spot because, you know, it's everybody's fault, but it just was not great. Um, before that, uh, the punts today, they had gone um, 151 minutes and 44 seconds of game time, more than two and a half games uh, without a punt, and that was beautiful, and I would like to see that continue. Uh, he did hold for a bunch of Tyler Bass kicks, and one of the things that uh, they've been discussing with him, uh, Heath Farwell, the special teams coach, is how he's a better holder than Corey Bohorquez. I hope that's true because he's certainly not a better punter. All right, let's get. All right, let's get to some of the bigger picture questions, and your questions. 
when we get back from the break. Don't go anywhere. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go over to Twitter at Rumlings Q and A, where Ron from New Mexico asks us, do the Bills practice outside ever? The advantage to having Buffalo weather is a team used to playing in the elements. While this year has had more bad weather games than most seasons, the Bills haven't played particularly well in most of them. The answer is yes, the Bills do practice outside, uh, but they don't practice outside if the weather is going to be super harmful. They want to make sure they're executing. So, Yes, they practice outside to deal with the cold. I don't know if they necessarily practice outside to deal with the snow or cold rain or anything like that. So that's an injury risk mitigation factor as well as a, you know an execution factor. They want to make sure they're doing that stuff. So um, I know that the kickers and punters do go into the stadium regularly to kick in there and punt in there to deal with the winds, but the Bills... Uh, offense and defense don't usually uh, practice outside when the weather is poor. They go outside when it's cold, um, and especially recently because of COVID restrictions, they wanted to be outside to lower the impact of COVID-19 spread throughout the team. But like today's um, Tuesday practice is a walkthrough, and so that's probably going to be inside. Wednesday is their full practice of the day, and then Friday is kind of their ramp-down practice. Or, sorry, Thursday. It's usually Friday, I'm sorry, um, is their ramp-down practice before the game on Saturday. So um, they do practice outside, just not on a consistent basis. It's a good point that you bring up, um, and they do get out there, just not all the time. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Rumblings Q&A. Next up, Jenny Smith asks us, I'm excited for the next game. Mac Jones is going down. Yesterday's game is exactly what the Bills defense needed going into the playoffs. Pass rush, sacks, dominance, aggression, all working together to shut that ish down. There's nothing more dangerous in the NFL than our defense. Yeah, the Bills had the number one scoring defense and the number one yardage defense in the NFL this year. I thought they did a really nice job against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought they did a really nice job, um, really in all of their games, of shutting down the opponents. They did 
and still continue to allow like one big play a game. Um, but when everything's clicking, they're doing well. Here's the thing that I really need. I really need the defensive line to play like they did against the, the Jets, as you mentioned, Jenny. If the Bills get into the backfield and disrupt the passing attack of Mac Jones, it's going to be their best way to win this game. And especially if the Bills' offense can get up by a score or two and really force the Patriots into a passing mode. I'm worried at some point that Dane Jackson is going to get exposed. Um, he's certainly not as good as Tredavious White, um, obviously. I mean, that's you know a given. But I don't think he's playing as well as the stats might show. He's, we've gone up against some pretty poor quarterbacks over the last you know half of the season. And since that Thanksgiving game where Tredavious White was injured. And there's going to be a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or an offensive coordinator like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy who are going to figure out a way to expose Dane Jackson biting on double moves. It's just going to happen at some point. So how the Bills react to that is going to be important coming down the stretch. I really like how the defense has played recently. I think they can and will play very well against the New England Patriots. If they can shut down the run like they've been able to do the last few weeks, um, I don't see a way where the Patriots can win this game on Saturday night. So I, I really appreciate you bringing up the defense. It's certainly been underrated this year, as folks tend to focus on the splash plays of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. But the, the defensive line has played really well down the stretch, and the defense as a whole has played pretty darn well all season. Um, if they can get that run game kind of corralled up and situated, I mean, there's no telling what this defense can do. And, I mean, they might not face, like, a super strong rushing attack until, well, if, if they can get ahead, especially in this game against the Patriots, the Patriots can certainly run the ball, but they won't face, like, a Derrick Henry until the AFC Championship game. Uh, because they're the three seed, so it's um, you know, they, they can really do some damage over the next couple weeks against teams that have problems running the ball. Um, so yeah, I guess that's um, that's all that. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumlings Q and A with the word and spelled in the middle. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumlings Q and A. We don't have playoff scenarios to talk about. We don't have like long-term implications to talk about. It's a one-game season. The Buffalo Bills play the New England Patriots on Saturday night. We'll be back Tuesday morning to talk about it all, takeaways, everything from the game, and answer your questions going forward. Hopefully, they're good questions, or at least mild annoyance questions, and not what the heck just happened and why did we lose to the Patriots. Um, I'm pretty confident going into this game. I was texting with one of my friends the other day and said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, the Bills feel inevitable again. They've been playing so well. Um, the AFC looks like a super big mess. I, I just, it feels like the Bills can go on a run. And every team has warts and why not Buffalo? So um, I know I'm picking the Bills this week. Um, and I'll probably pick the Bills again next week, depending on what happens um, in the wild card round. So with all that, make sure you get your questions in for next week's episode, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsq and a email 
buffalo rumblings at spnation.com. You can send us your questions on Instagram or Facebook using the messengers over there, and they'll get to us on the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts. Uh, please send in your questions for next week's episode, as this show is super boring without you. Looking forward to chatting with you soon, and go Bills! Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.